Max RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Max! Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 21, Episode 20 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. And I'm Jim. <laughs> and I'm Mike. <laughs> You're Mike. On, check that. There's a switch on the thing. Well, Yours is good. You're good. Okay. Uh, there, right there. Now nope, talk. There. there. Now talk. How about now? You're good. You're right. on, yeah. And I'm Jim, there now that go. my mic works. Seamless. <laughs> and that's Mike, but his mic already worked. <laughs> oh, but... <laughs> you would expect that, though. Hey, yeah, well, he's an engineer. <laughs> so, thank you guys for coming back. Yeah. Well, thanks for having us. We got a game you got a game convention coming up next weekend. Yeah. Yes, we do. GameX. GameX 2018. Uh, very excited. Uh, you know, um, we have actually some kind of new and interesting things. Well, new and old things. Um, uh, on, let me on do, let me do the, I'll do go the for intro. It. Go for it. Go for it. In this episode, we're going to be talking to uh, to Jim and. And Mike about the convention and what's going on, and and I always have questions about conventions and stuff like that. So there's yeah. that. And then also, uh, Steffi from Scotland takes umbrage with the D and D religion conversation we had Uh-oh. over the last couple huh. episodes. And then Hoyle send us a story about languages and games. Mm. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail That's happyjacksrpg at gmail we're also on the social media. We're on Twitter, mm-hmm. Happy Jacks RPG, mm-hmm. all one word. Yep. And on Instagram, Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. Yep. And also on Facebook, Happy oh, Faceback, sorry, Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. Yep. And if you want to watch the show live, we record the show at usually seven, mm-hmm. but not tonight, uh, PM Pacific time. Uh, you can go to Happy slash live on Friday nights, and mm-hmm. you can watch the show live as we stream it. And of course. Saturdays and Sundays and Mondays and Wednesdays, we have actual plays as well. So Same many actual place. plays. Yes. They're awesome, though. Um, I wish that uh, I played as many games as you guys do, <laughs> just on the actual plays. <coughs> There's a lot. We have a big group, though. I haven't so played anything since March. Yeah, he hasn't played wow. <laughs> in months. Fair. Yeah. And also, this is the last weekend of the Renaissance Pleasure Fair. Yeah. Huzzah. So if you'd <laughs> like to come out and see us, on Saturday or Sunday, we have three shows at the Rogues Reef, and we're at the Royal Music Stage at like five. Let me tell you, as somebody who is somewhat unaffiliated with you guys, you know, we know each other through Con. I've I've seen your show several times. If you haven't seen one of these live shows, they're amazing, and you really should go. Well, thank they're, you. They're really super mm-hmm. fun. It's it, it's it looks like a chaotic clusterfuck. But you know, say that. I'm into that. So right, people. He's really into that. Really into that. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you. So anyway, back we're talking about we're talking about the game convention. What do you got? Game convention. Uh, the game convention, which is next weekend. Next weekend. Uh, you know, uh, which is Friday through Monday of nonstop gaming yep. uh, oh, over hold the weekend. On. Tappy's in the chat room. He says, this, "That's my old gaming group." Yep. Hey, how's it going, Matt? Love you, man. <laughs> Wait, who's Ta- Tappy, I told you. I said Mike and Jim want to come on, so I need to bump some people, and you said you would be bumped. I don't think he like processed. <laughs> <laughs> He's really used to his brain being dehydrated, so actually having, like, True. being back in civilization, having water constantly, not being in the <laughs> desert, he doesn't, like, process information the same way he probably should. Yeah, but so he will blossom like one of those tea flowers. Yeah. Just but, <laughs> but you should have bought Tappy, of all things, could be, we could have told even more goofy ass role play stories. Well, next, uh, yeah. next yeah. time, bef- pre- before the next convention, we'll definitely have Tappy in a new I will convention. definitely yeah. give you a reminder oh. when I request <laughs> Hell yeah. 
because yeah, I love that man. I hadn't seen him in so long. He was at the last convention. Yeah. I just I just yeah. walked up, oh, kissed him great. right in the mouth. Oh, it's so Aww. great! It was awesome. Uh, man loves yeah. the best. It is. You know, and when you're not afraid to express it, it's exactly. actually awesome. Yeah. Embrace uh, it. But uh, speaking of love, we love the con, and uh, we have some uh, uh, lovely things coming up uh, Shameless. here. Shameless. Shameless. So we have some really cool uh, RPG special guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have one of the designers of Thirteenth Age. Man, now I can't remember his name. Wade? No, it's not my department. I don't know. Oh, Wade Rocket. Yeah, yeah, Wade Rocket. Wade Rocket. Yeah. Uh, That's not my department. Why do I know that guy's name? Because you're awesome. Uh, Because you're awesome and you have a great memory uh, compared to me. And uh, and also uh, Jim Pinto is back. So if you're if you're aware of uh, post uh, world games, some of the best GMless role playing games out there. Uh, Super (coughs) fun. He's going to be running sessions all through the weekend. So we'll wait. Um, One of the things that we're personally very excited about is, uh, as you know, we used to have uh, a game called Artemis. Uh, and if you're not familiar with a game called Artemis, it's it's a bridge simulator. So it's basically like the Star Trek bridge. It's like a bunch of computers networked together. Yes. Exactly. Nice. Every station has its own computer, and there's a captain, and all he sees is the tactical on the projector screen. Mm. And well, he has multiple views, but he doesn't change them. Oh. The, the people at the controls actually control yep. everything. All he does oh, is point great. fingers and say, fire, fire. And uh, so uh, there's engineering, there's communications, there's helm, there's weapons. Science. And science. Yeah. Uh, and so everybody, each every player fills one of those positions, including captain. And you run through a scenario in one of, in, in in a space, uh, an area of space with a lot of space stations and other enemy ships and friendly ships and stuff like that. And it's like a half hour session of you basically playing Star Trek, <laughs> um, Galaxy Quest, if it's your first time. Yeah, um, <laughs> but the the. One of the best things about it, especially for our staff, is when Rusty used to run it, is we would have, he would open it up at midnight <coughs> on Saturday to staff. S- S- Sunday, Sunday. Sunday to staff. The, the last session was just for us because when they first brought it there, it, it took some time to really build up steam. And then it got so popular that the second the sign-up sheets hit the table, they were full. Right. And so he wanted to give staff a time to play. So it was Sunday at midnight. So we would, uh, <laughs> before around 10 o'clock, we'd all collect in the lounge. We'd start drinking uh, rum and Cokes. Get nicely sauced, go downstairs <laughs> and play Star Trek, nice. uh, play Artemis, and and uh, you know it just throwing nukes at uh, at space liners and stuff like that. It's just <laughs> That's it's awesome. just amazing. Anyway. Yeah. But uh, what the convention did since the the guy that traditionally r- ran it for us uh, just had a large dispute with the game designer, stopped doing it. Huh. So we missed it so much. We actually found somebody to run it and bought the equipment, and now it's the property of the convention. Yes, oh, fully, really? fully funded. Yeah, fully so funded by gonna, us. So it's going to stick around. And it'll be around. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it's it's first time back, so bear with us. It's been a little while, but yeah, God, I can't wait. But we got the <laughs> HP all in one, so it's a touch screen, so you nice. can actually control everything. We have a joystick for the oh, guy who awesome. wants to do a, uh, if they want to do the joystick. Uh, so you can do keyboard control, touch screen control, or joystick control, depending if you're the helmsman. Uh, we're, we have the full projector set up with a, nice. with a good sound system. It's, it's going to be awesome. Um, so if you're interested at all in something like that, come on down and check that out uh, <coughs> because it's not only board games. We, we, we do every single kind of game. And like I said, Friday to Monday nonstop. Mm-hmm. We are, there are werewolf games well into the 4 a.m., there's knitting. <laughs> There's, There's everything. Knitting. There's knitting. We have a actually we have two knitting events. Uh, we have a regular group of people who crochet and knit on Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. and we now this is the first time we've had it. We essentially have a uh, knitting crochet one hundred and one learn to oh. kind of thing on Friday night, oh, and it's cool. your first time doing that. 
and we even actually have the basic supplies available for you there if you need them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and you know, and there are a lot of things other than gaming that are gaming related that we offer too. We actually have some seminars. Uh, one is very interesting. It's uh, women in the gaming in, in gaming and the challenges that they face in a male dominated uh, hobby. Nice. Uh, so you know that that's going to be a, a really cool panel. Uh, my senior volunteer Carla Freeman is in that panel, and she is just fantastic. She works uh, for a lot for Steve Jackson Games and does a lot of demos for them, and organizes my my department. And I wouldn't be able to do what I do without her. She is just fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, that right. actually falls on me because she organizes what her husband does for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Carla, if you're watching. Yeah, you do way too much, and we should be paying you. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but no for kick as women who organize shit. Exactly. <laughs> my kind exactly. of woman. Speaking of, Lori should have been here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, maybe next time. Who knows? <laughs> no, no. His wife works for me at, at my headquarters at Miniatures, and. That, that's not my place. I learned that the hard way last con because I missed half my HQ staff got the flu. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, last last con, con was hard because of that. A literal yeah. decimation. Like, a 10% drop in everything. Every department. <coughs> Except for, the, the, we still broke the record on attendees, but, like, I lost yeah. 10% of my events. Half my, my staff oh. was gone. And then I realized first, because Lori's not a morning person, (laughs) I had to be down there to run my headquarters first thing in the morning, and I realized I didn't know how to do it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Because Lori Lori and Jody specifically kind of just, they've, I hand them the stuff and go, here's how I'd kind of like it done, and they, they ran with it, and it's super efficient. And then, and then I get there and screw everything up. Well, I told Mike when he's like, "Dude, you're doing too much work. You need to build a machine, get some competent people, and just turn it on and walk away." Boy, and how? Yeah, and it works really well. Yeah, <laughs> which is the, one of the secrets of running a convention: delegation, man. Yeah, yeah, volunteers. Yeah, the key. Well, that's that. That's the thing, though. Is we 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 depend on volunteers a, a crazy, crazy amount. So, mm-hmm. thank you to all volunteers out there, G- game masters, volunteers, everything else. Yeah, you yeah. guys are awesome. We we play games because you're there. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we're looking really forward to it. It's going to be very exciting. You're doing the show. I won't be there, but you're doing the show. Yeah, I'm doing the show. So that worked great last year, so I can probably do it again. It'll be great. (laughs) Um, And Jim covers my ass when I make mistakes (laughs) about stuff. It's like, did you get a room for the podcast? Oh, I was supposed to do that? Okay. Yeah, let's let's figure that out. (laughs) Yeah, get put on the (laughs) schedule. That was last year. I know I did. This year, he like emailed me way in advance. He's like, are you doing this again? I was like, yes. Thank you, because I didn't remember to do that. And then I registered my game for the wrong time, and he emailed me. He's like, is that what you meant? I was like, no, I need, I need this other time. So he and, fixed that, too. And, and the wrong so. department. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, man. I was in a hurry, because Te- I said... Technically, it goes in seminars, but I'll fix that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah well, I, I, I got that phone call tonight, actually, at dinner. So. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, because I looked at the day, with, like, the, the re- pre-reg was going up, and I was like, oh, my God, none of us have registered any of our games. So we all frantically registered, like, ten minutes before noon. Is that so. Allie? Might be, because I recognize that dress. I think. I think yeah, that, that, that is. That, that's her hair. Yeah, it, it, that is. I think that's. Yeah. I, I think Allie's. Her daughter. His Allie. daughter's on the on the Strategic on website. Oh, awesome. oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> I think she's a star. She's yeah. a star. But um, yeah, I'm actually I'm running two games, mm-hmm. um, which is the first time I've run more than one game. Uh, so that's a great idea, and so I'm running Wild Talents in the morning. I still haven't come up with my concept, but it'll be great, and <laughs> it'll be fine. Um, and then I'm running in the uh, uh, in the afternoon. I'm running the first ever game of demigods where someone else besides Jason is GMing. Oh, excellent, excellent! And Jason's super hyper stressed out about that. Ooh, yeah. And he's like, "No, I have I have a game at that same time. I'm running demigods at that same. You, uh, I can't watch you do it." 
Mike, it'll be fine, Jason. It'll be okay. He's like, maybe we should run like a thing before, and you can run it for a group of people with me no, watching. No, this is like a real play test. Yeah, I'm like, give me the no, rule book cool. and I'll read it. Right? <laughs> I've been playing it a lot. I I play tested a bunch of times. I'm in the first campaign of it. Like, I can do this. It'll be great. And he's like, okay. Before I, I let you play with my baby, I just want to make sure. <laughs> I know he's so cute about it. Uh, I'm I'm still I still want someone to run Bloodblade or. Uh, Moment of truth. Moment of truth. Yeah. No one. No one's. No one stepped up. A I think. I want to watch it for a, lo- a campaign first. Okay. That's my thing. Is because mm-hmm. like I've seen. I played in in one, but that was a couple generations of it ago. It's the rules are final. Now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and by the way, I'm still putting my money where my mouth is on here. If you show up with an original game that you designed, mm. uh, I I will have a a sheet out there for people to vote. Actually, it'll be a little box with some tickets. People to vote for uh, for their favorite. Original Aww. game, awesome. uh, and it's a fifty dollars prize, guys. So you know, it, it's one of those things where I really want to encourage people that that want to be nice. creative, that want to that that might have this game that they just never exposed to anybody, or just have an idea for something and mm-hmm. never had the incentive <coughs> to develop it. Yeah, bring it on over here. There are plenty of great people. I mean, this RPG community is just fantastic, and uh, the, they're great, great attitude, great feedback. So. You know, go ahead, take that step, take the risk. You, you never know uh, what'll happen. And, you know, and and honestly, even if it's just a couple of people have a really great time playing your game, it's a bo- it's a win. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, it, I mean, you don't have to be serious about being part of the game industry or anything, but you know, do a thing, make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, making something out of nothing is one of the greatest things that you can do. It's it's awesome. Hundred well, percent. And a lot of work. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> in, in, in a miniatures community, homebrew rules are a long-standing tradition. Yeah. And you find some great little. It's like, wow, that was a lot of fun. And yeah. they don't ever want to go anymore with it, but that's the thing that they do. They have a good time with it. And yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. Another thing that happened in RPGs. But. Highly, high, highly encourage homebrewing. Yeah. I mean, uh, and the, 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 the raw creative nature of the RPG hobby in and of itself. I mean, I don't, I don't know if anybody that really took, takes the hobby seriously and spent a lot of time on it that hasn't at least tinkered with the idea of creating their own system. For yeah, sure. absolutely. You know. I don't want to create the mechanic system. I just want to create like the worlds that will go. Like I want to uh, like like I have an idea for Stu's moment of truth game for like a different setting because right. he's looking for that. And then, so I just like I like making the the pretty layer on top. The fluff. No? Yeah, the, the world. Fluff. The world building. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. There we go. Fluff yeah. or crunch. I don't know if we were allowed to use those terms anymore. I sure. thought we were banned. Yeah, we, well, no, Taffy's not here. Oh, okay. He's <laughs> That would just start well, a big actually, fight. Actually, yeah. <laughs> so we should use those terms exclusively you, just to annoy him. You let Tappy enforce things. Oh <laughs> 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 well, man, he's a far higher class person in this group than he was in ours. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love you, Tappy. <laughs> he's the only. He's the only person who reads rule books. Oh, uh, he'll read anything. <laughs> Well, I don't read them. He like really reads them too. Yeah, like he memorizes yes. them. It's amazing. I, I have no. Yet yeah, he follows none of the rules. Malign him while he's not here. Oh yeah, he's like lol 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 lol. Actually, to, to be perfectly honest, real quick, Tappy story about him knowing the rules so well, specifically to mess with Al. Yeah, <laughs> only because he enjoyed pointing out every time Al was wrong, not to correct him. Just to be a just dick to, to Al, be a dick. yeah. <laughs> but that's okay because Al totally deserved it. <laughs> no, the thing is, you, you, in our group of friends, we just wanted to beat that kind of weakness out of you of caring what other people think about you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, did you only succeed and happy. stop caring? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Well, he he got beat into that. Harder than just about anybody else. Yeah. To be honest with you, you might have gone a little too far. A little bit too far. Like I have him, to say. like. 
throwing off all of society and going and living in a living. Which is why every time I see him, I just want to give him extra hugs because yeah. I feel kind of bad. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry that I broke you. So you're the guys that drove him out of civilization? Uh, no, I don't think we drove him out of civilization. I was blaming myself, but I figured. <laughs> Everybody wants to take blame for that. <laughs> <laughs> Tappy has been removed from civilization. Who wants it's to a, take the credit? It's a goulash of sociopathy. <laughs> They've all basically thrown our bit into it. <laughs> that sound about right? Yeah, that's actually probably very accurate. Yeah, it's what, what it is. Is it's 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 it's, it's team nihilism. Oh, right. <laughs> actually, that's a great name for the group, team nihilism. Yeah, who would go but me? So, what's going on with Warhammer at the con? Um, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Are you taking? Oh, you're not going. So you I'm made, not going. No, you have all the minis ever. I don't, they're not done. They're not done. They're not ready. Well, that depends. Do you play for fun or do you play to uh, crush your foes? I would just like to play. He doesn't play yet. He's well, still painting. I, I just paint them and love them. Well, that's that's <laughs> that, 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 that's a start because <laughs> f- funny thing about miniatures players is some some paint and love never play and some never bother to paint. <laughs> well, see, I want to play. Okay. So and I I paint for shit. Never bother to paint, but plays. Shut up! I painted plenty. Of Hardly ever plays, but loves to paint. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm probably in the second camp. Yeah. I, well, honestly, I prefer to assemble and build stuff. I'm, I'm okay with. I'm I'm partially colorblind, so mm. back off. Um, <laughs> now, so but so for for Warhammer specifically is well, one thing we started actually last con was our first one is uh, ITC inner. Uh, uh, I forget what it stands for, but it's it, essentially it's a it's a, a frontline gaming in San Diego, essentially kind of run all the big tournament stuff for GW now. Mm. So they've got all the tournament structure and they've got this monster. Uh, well, the way that ITC independent works, tournament circuit. That's it. Yeah. So are hard. so the way that it works is that you play in these ITC games mm. and mm. participation in these ITC games gives you a slot in the larger tournaments. Oh, yeah, okay. you get points based on where you finish and the size of the tournament. And if you beat a certain threshold, they they hold their own convention in Las Vegas. Uh, so it's usually a two or three weeks before Orcon is, mm-hmm. and that's their huge finals. And they that would be in January. Yeah, yeah, it's either early, like the very first part of February, or the end of January. Okay, and they do it in Vegas, and you have to, and so people are out there, and, and you know any store can hold these things up to a certain point. And you have to play a certain number to qualify, have a certain number of points to qualify, and and it's not just for Warhammer. They do other games as well. Warhammer is just by far the largest. Right? Well, in the U.S., Warhammer 40K is the dominant game mm-hmm. that GW produces by far. Yeah. Uh, oh, but yeah. the the cool thing about it is that the larger the ITC tournament that you're in, the more potential points you can rack yep. up. So pl- uh, playing at uh, some place like strategic uh, the strategic conventions, you're Going to get a, a far a far larger turnout than you would in your normal like comic book or game store. They'll have like maybe three or four tables. So you know, it's, if if you really want to get into that that tournament scene, it's 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 a pretty yeah. good place to play. We right now we've dedicated uh, enough space for thirty players. Nice. Okay. Nice. And, and it's a two day tournament, which is their 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 mid range. And if you play, if you hit all three of our cons, I think you can conceivably just in that get enough points to qualify for Vegas. Oh really? And then, but if you want to play for fun. The SoCal Crusaders basically run an apocalypse game, which is 40k on crack. It's, it's all the regular 40k stuff plus all the giant stuff you can get, and they they play both days. And but their thing is they play more for fun. And if you just want to try the game, they'll hand you stuff. Say here, this is yours. My eight year old played a Titan last time until he died. Until they, they run it into the ground about six hours later. Oh. But that's all he did. <laughs> I mean, he's supposed to be working for me, but no, he got to play a giant robot, the biggest thing on the table. 
and he was happy. Oh yeah, of course. At some point, can't he just like put him on the table with like a costume? That's what I said. Just put <laughs> dress him up as an Imperator Titan, man. He's yeah. at the right scale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty. Geek, yeah, he's already got the Vader mask, so he's kind of close already. Mm. So, so what, 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 what faction was it? The Titans. Corn. It was chaos. Okay. Mm. Which he's okay with because it's already red and. He, he, he before he knew what 40k was, he knew what blood for the blood god was. Uh, <laughs> parenting done right. Well, my, my, my kid is a flat out weirdo, but that's a whole other. Story. My friend Mitch, who's a really cl- uh, close friend of mine, him and his wife, uh, uh, the very first thing that he ever heard come out of my mouth, he walked into the game store and some idiot in the back was yelling, "Blood for the blood god!" That idiot was me. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's one of the biggest 40k players I know. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I have to start painting my minis again. I'm not letting myself start that. Like, I was, like, really tempted when he started it, because I like painting minis. Oh, painting minis, not Blood for the Blood guy. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no but yeah, that's a slippery slope. Yeah, no. I've got a zine charm. So. Yeah, yeah. But he started I was like, oh, I could do that. That'd be really nice and, like, something calm to do at home in my spare time. Never mind. I don't have any spare time. Never mind. Yeah. I got a, I got another extra box of Chaos I know, Space Marines. No, no, no. <laughs> Look, you're, you're, you're saying you're down the wrong path. Skirmish game. Dozen models, okay. so be small. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's the, the? They came out with a, a a small game. Okay. Well, they actually Games Workshop has lived up to their name and started making more than three games. What? Yeah. There's I know. Something came out like ne- yeah. Necromunda. Necromunda. Ne- yeah. Which is one there's of them. Rogue Trader just came Rogue out. Rogue Trader. Yeah. I love those minis. Is that actually out yet? No, not, but they already the, previewed the minis. Yeah. It's, it's yes. supposed to be out next month, I believe. Okay, okay. I already said this in the last podcast, but I'm super, super fucking stoked about this. Like, because it's like my one thing that makes me really super annoyed with Warhammer minis. The the Rogue Traders, they have there's like this badass, fucking amazing like female warrior, and she's got boots on that don't have high heels. Yep, they're just <laughs> regular. Boots that you could actually walk in. Well, it's very actually, exciting. If you've seen, if you've seen the new render for yes. the new sister of plastic sister of battle, they yes. actually. Yes, I saw those too. Gorgeous. Those are very cool. Gorgeous. So good. And yeah. I'm just like looking at them. I could, I could totally cosplay that. I could totally make that. As a Catholic, so cool. I am actually completely <laughs> compelled to uh, to build a sister's army. Yeah. And, and actually, I pulled out. I have some medals that I got back in the '90s, and I, that I that I'm redoing in anticipation. Yeah. For that, so. <laughs> Way to be woke, GW. Way to be woke. Wait. <laughs> but th- th- there's a game. It looks like it's a. It's almost like a dungeon crawl, and you pick a faction. Hmm. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, it, it actually has cards. What's the name of it? Um, it has cards. Yeah, Shadespire. Shadespire. That's oh, it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and actually, it's it's great. And there's also Blood Bowl, which is like the fantasy football game. Right. That no, you did they originally? Produced Blood Bowl, or yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It was like, back in the way day. long, long time ago. I used so to have Blood, Blood Bowl's story started with Dungeon Bowl, which was a boxed elf versus dwarf in a dungeon kind of football game. Then it came out as a regular game, multiple iterations of it, and then it they took the rule set and you kind of gave it to the world. And the, they had like a, a, a committee that every year met, went over the rules, and said these are the changes for the year. It was called the Living Rulebook. It was available online for free for everybody. And then they re- recently released the version of a g- the game again, brand new box with those rules. Oh, really? Okay. And an yeah. amazing set of models. Uh, they're they're fantastic. Well, the model quality coming out of that that studio is just ridiculous nowadays. And they and then they brought back Warhammer Quest, but now it's it's uh, Silver Tower. 
right. which is another dungeon crawl, which is really cool. Which comes with a brick of models that are all gorgeous. Actually, a bunch of Zangors, if you if you like Thousand Suns. You oh, get really? really cool Zangors out of that box set. Well, the, the, well, that's the thing is most of the stuff you fight in there is because it's, it's the Silver, silver Tower, Tower of Zinch. Zinch. Yeah. Okay. So right. all the bad guys are sort of Zinchy bad guys. You get a bunch of ho- uh, horrors and stuff like that, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So. Tons of horrors, Zangors, uh, two different sorcerers, an ogre Magi. I mean, there's yeah. all kinds of crazy oh, cool. stuff in that box, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and there were rules for like... Uh, uh, all of the the different like flamers of Zinch, all the different Zinch mm. demons in there too. You can bring from the outside. Mm. Cool, but yeah, they're, they're doing skirmish games like crazy, like crazy. Like they, they keep coming out with more and more of them. Yeah, uh, but you know, one of the great things is that skirmish games are, are they're using it sort of as a gateway. If you buy the skirmish game, sure, it's only five or six models, but you fall in love with the hobby, you fall in love with the models. Oh, that's exactly what happened when yeah. I got the little mm-hmm. No Fear starter set that yeah. came with like five <laughs> Space Marines and some. So that's exactly right. Dudes. That's that's the tactic. It's like here, buy this thing. It's not all. It's like a hundred bucks for the whole thing. You get a board and all this neat stuff. And Fine, they all great. snap together real yeah. easy. And they and they make them easy oh. fit ones. And then you're like, and then you're like putting it. Man, this is really cool. And then you start looking it up online. And, and, and then, then Zachary's like, we should go see if you know, they got any more. Uh, next thing you know, you're two grand in the hole. Going, where did my son life go? Of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it can get expensive. No. Yeah. No. It I know. It can get expensive. You showed me a couple. I was like, oh man, that's a. Well, I was gonna. I was gonna buy because. I was going to buy Magnus the Red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm like, every time I saw the box, I'm like, why is this thing like? It's like a hundred and twenty dollars or something. Yeah, it's, it's really like this freaking tall. I, but it, but it's not in that big of a box. Yep. You don't realize you got to put the like pieces that. together, man. But the dude is like that tall. Yeah. yeah. Massive wings. It's a gorgeous model. Yeah, it is. Because I had a uh, him I, and Mortaria. I have a what, what, what's his the Aramon? Aramon, yeah. I have Aramon, and he's like. You know, he's on a saucer, so he's like, I don't know, probably about three inches, three mm-hmm, and a half right. inches tall. And I'm like, well, Magnus can't, why is this, he said, I mean, it can't be that much better. And then I saw a picture in uh, one of the mm-hmm. uh, White white Dwarf yeah. magazines. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, well, yeah, that's the difference between a sorcerer and a demon prince. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, and, and. Slash Primark. Slash Primark. <laughs> <laughs> Just sick. <laughs> and uh, Bobby G is also really cool, the, the Gilliman. Uh, Primark he stands about that tall. He's just super badass. Nice. With all this gold filigree all over him, right. it's just mm. really cool. Yeah, the models are ridiculous. I mean, that, but that's always been the strong point. Yeah, Citadel models have just always been really, really good. Uh, then there was a point where a lot of other companies were catching up, and then you know, during this sort of re- renaissance of GW, we've seen in the last couple of years that it's like they've been leaving everything in its dust. Yeah, they put the pedal down, and, and it's 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 starting to open back up again. Yeah. So, are, are there any RPGs uh, that are, uh, that got submitted that you're excited to see, or anything new that? Well, besides Kimmy's, yeah, besides Kimmy's, <laughs> uh, actually, uh, as most of the people that know me and, and know how I operate in this con, I always just pick one game where I just sort of elbow my way in and I go, "It's mine, and this is my right as king." Nice. <laughs> so this one, this time around, I'm actually playing in Tome's Candles game. Nice. Oh, it's such a fun game uh, on Friday, and because the way he described it last time, I'm like, "All right, I, I absolutely positively have yeah. to play on that." And when I saw it on the schedule again, I'm like, "I'm in." Uh, so I'm thrilled about that. Uh, I'm actually also uh, uh, I played in, in Jim Pinto's Odin's Eye a oh, couple of years back, so which cool. was a super super fun game. It's nice. basically a game where you're in a, a search and rescue mm-hmm. vessel, and you get an emergency call. And then things go south from there. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it uses uh, 
uh, uh, Jim Pinto's sort of narrative system where the, the, the mechanic revolves around you building scenes. So mm-hmm. he has like vignettes, which are one-on-one scenes, or expository scenes where you just narrate what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you sort of guides as to what you need to do in that. And also each character has a certain amount of these scenes that they can do per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once you've run out of being able, you can only do one vignette and you can't do any more. So mm-hmm. you have to try to use the other scenes to do whatever you want as part of the narrow, narrative element of the game. Super fun game. We didn't get to finish it, unfortunately, but he's running it again. So I'm excited about playing in that. Um, let's see what else. Uh, uh, Synthesize. It, it, it's it's sort of like this cool little indie game. It's sort of like a, a cyberpunk game that uh, the game designer always comes over here o- over to Con and runs and promotes. Mm-hmm. It's a really fun little game. Uh, I I've looked at it, but I haven't played it. So I'm actually thinking about maybe getting in a game of that. Uh, I'm also really kind of excited about playing some stuff in miniatures too, because uh, uh, our friend uh, Frank, who also helps run miniatures, is running an Alpha Strike game which is Battletech, but it's a little bit more fast-paced mm-hmm. uh, than the regular Battletech. But Mike and I have been playing the new Battletech, uh, the Harebrained Schemes video game uh, for, the, for the past couple of weeks, and we're just so excited about the game. It's mm-hmm. super fun that we just actually... Yeah, it, it's the most fun I've ever had playing a Battletech game ever. And it's, so it's, we're joking about playing it. And, and, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's excellent. Uh, so, you know, I'm excited about getting some tabletop version of that getting played, too. Nice. Uh, of course, Artemis. I'm, I'm super excited about playing Artemis. That's awesome. Uh, and, you know, just just in generally enjoying enjoying the con. I mean, it's it's sometimes it gets difficult for the people that actually run this convention to play in a lot of games. Usually I have lofty ambitions, and I end up playing maybe one or two of the things that I actually plan on playing. <laughs> uh, just because, you know, you get pulled away to do to handle certain things, put out fires and whatnot. But... Uh, you know, it, one one of the things that I love about this con is the just incredible variety of things to do, and it's it, it's such a. Some, there are a lot of times where I'm just walking around a corner and I see something interesting, and I'm like, "Can I play?" But like, and then you discover a whole new yeah, n- a whole new world of gaming. Uh, we're really excited too because we're we're seeing uh, sort of a reinvigoration of our LARP uh, oh, department. Oh, nice! Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, a, a new person heading it up. She seems to have a lot of energy and a lot of uh, great new ideas, and uh, you know, once again, I, th- I think it was one of the one of the game types that are a little bit underserviced at our convention. We're trying to pr- uh, trying to promote up and get more people mm-hmm. to uh, to experience them, uh, you know. And uh, we're thinking about restarting more one hundred and ones for it, and doing and getting a lot some uh, some games to sort of draw people that may be curious mm-hmm. about LARPing but never really tried it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because one of the things about LARPing is that sometimes uh, the players tend to be a little bit clannish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just because of the nature uh, of the game and the fact that uh, I think that a lot of people just have a, a poor opinion of LARPs for some odd reason that I just don't understand. I mean, it's just role-playing standing up. Yeah. So... Well, it was different. It was it was a punchy bag when you were younger. I mean, you didn't get it. It's just the way yeah, it yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, we're trying to change people's attitudes towards it, and, and and trying to say it's not just a bunch of dudes dressed up in kiss outfits with foam swords. It's it's a, it's a whole different type of thing. Yeah. And a lot of different types of play. Uh, I so have to say, like, I, I was one of those people who was kind of like, seems a little weird to me. It seems more like improv than like gaming. But as I've gotten more into like PBTA games and games that are more kind of free form, and as I've gotten to know, like I'm actually really great friends with a lot of people who ends up who it turns out are LARPers and talking to them about like how much they enjoy it and like what it like brings to their life. Um, I I am now LARP curious. Well, so, curious. well yeah. but see, LARPing <laughs> is no different than regular role playing. The right. thing is, is a lot of it. 
whether it's the style of game or the genre, whatever it happens to be, if that doesn't interest you, it's like, eh, I don't care. Yeah. And, and, and that's that's how it was, because when I was younger, most of the LARPs that I was exposed to in my formative days of role-playing, mm-hmm. you know, it was Vampire. And I just, right. on, on its face, I hate vampires. Mm-hmm. My first Vampire game, I played a werewolf who was hunting <laughs> vampires. Right. I hated <laughs> vampires. Um, but my first LARP was Sparkly that, or non-sparkly? Both. Oh, okay. Sparkly's worse, but that's beside <laughs> the point. Uh, my first LARP that I actually went to was the the Five Rings one we did at the con. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was years fun. upon years ago. This was back when we were at the Radisson and we had you know the little cabanas outside that we had our yeah, RPGs pre two thousand. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, John Wick actually yeah. ran a a LARP and uh, you know it w- they they drew straws and the people that won got to play samurai, but everybody else got to play uh, oni and and goblins and stuff. Oh, really? So everybody got to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, but it's, but you know, it, 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 but it was a combat game. But it was like a yeah. court game. Yeah, it was okay. a court game. It, actually, it was co- combat and, and court. Oh, it was okay. It, they, they had uh, well. So what it was for those of you familiar with the the old setting, it was the siege of Haruma Castle. That was the castle was lost in the Shadowlands, and the crabs and the ratlings went to basically claim it back, and then they got stuck there and surrounded. And so it was them basically trying to survive the Haruma. In, in yeah, yeah. and uh, and the rest of us were goblins trying to kill them all. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they had like some magic. What bells kind of court game are you going to have with crabs and ratlings? <laughs> well, well, the ratlings are probably more prone. <laughs> yeah, well, the ratlings might might actually have diplomacy. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I think the Naga were there too, which yeah. still is not making my case at all. Yeah. But <laughs> diplomacy at the end of a Tetsubo works well too. Right, sure. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, one of the things that happened was there was like these uh, sort of bells that when they when they were rung, they would cause the Shadowlands to. You know, freeze or something like that. And what what uh, a bunch of the goblins and Oni ended up doing was stacking uh, feces and dead bodies all the way around the belts, <laughs> so the samurai would lose honor <laughs> trying to touch them <laughs> and activate them. <laughs> so you know, it, it, that's it, messed up but amazing at the it, same time. Absolutely, <laughs> and, yeah, and well, that's and, and in addition to the fact that it was just really fun to play. This became a storyline thing. This determined the outcome for the next book too. Yeah, so it, because it was actually done by Alderac Games, who produced yeah. the, the the game, and they said, well, and they had a long tradition of their card game. Uh, results of tournaments actually affecting the storyline, which was a fantastic idea. So they they actually put that over to the mm. role playing game as well. Which is fun, uh, but you know, it, it, LARPing is more than just a bunch of sullen people wor- wearing too much makeup and trench coats, <laughs> uh, trying to look cooler than each other. There, there's a lot more to it. And, and see, I would be, I'd be very interested in playing an L five R LARP. That would be awesome. Yeah. No, well, maybe we can, maybe we can try to figure out somebody that might be able to run that. Then, you know, I mean, John Wick is still around. He actually uh, last year, last, con, yeah. last year he actually ran. He he produced another samurai role playing game under his own production. Blood banner. and Honor. Blood and Honor, yeah. and there was a Blood and Honor LARP mm. that actually there were two role playing sessions that led up to the actual LARP oh, and cool. set up the act, set up the the, the cool. events that happened in the LARP. Uh, and I, I, I was playing a, uh, a a scorpion in that, and it, it was just super fun. Blood everywhere, everybody dies. It was great, and just a bunch of uh, opium uh, riched, enriched uh, thugs killing a bunch of samurai, which is actually kind of fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, just check out. It, it's a lot of things about well, just about anything. I mean, a mind only really works when it's open. Uh, so you know, just if you have an open mind about gaming and just want to. 
peek in and try some things out. You know, it, it's there's no better place to do it than some place like you know, Gen Con or or Orcon or any of these places where you're going to have this incredible variety of things. Expose yourself to new stuff, guys. It's 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 fun. Yeah. So how do you how do you participate in a LARP? Do you have to? I mean, is it sign up like with the RPGs? Do you it's have to talk? Just to like the any other event. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just like any other event. That's cool. Uh, there are oh, there are, usually there are a lot of organizations that that bring a bunch of people to play because they guarantee that they get their game off that way. Right. Uh, but there are always open slots where it's something that we demand as a convention is that nice. you, you know you, we you we allow really, outsiders. You you have to allow you know right. uh, regular attendees to play. We you know we're not really about you sort of like. Having your own little private party at our expense. Yeah, uh, but but LARPs do. The thing about the LARPs is okay. The new person in charge of LARPs is super focused on getting new people in. She mm-hmm. wants to grow, which is great because there's going to be events that are specifically for. I want to check this out. So she, she, so she calls it a showcase where there'll be multiple kinds. Like one of the ones that she's pushing right now is Starship Valkyrie, which basically is a LARP version of Star Trek. Star, yeah, it's just like Artemis without the computers. I mean, you're doing right. the same stuff. Uh, putting those together. Right? Oh, shit. Right? Write <laughs> 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 it down. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I know. Well, anyway, but some, of the, but, some, but some of these events are like year-ending, huge storyline-type things, and they want to do their stuff, and there's ways for you into that as well, but a lot of these events, yeah, you just sign up. It's yeah, and, and they're 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 in public. Like she's like she wants space on the second floor, you know, just next to party games and role playing, so you can see them and you can join. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and they're all, you, and you can check out the the list of them that we have on the website, and mm-hmm. or if when you're at the con, they'll all be listed in the con book as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it there's really very little at this convention where the only thing that'll bar you from access is, is if it's already full and you've showed up a little bit too late. Yeah. Or Saber Legion. Or Saber Legion. Because. <laughs> You, you actually have to know what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> you yes, can that's, Saber that's Legion. Uh, you don't want to get... What's Saber Legion? Saber Legion is a Star Wars lightsaber combat league. Oh, yeah, those were the guys out in the little veranda thing. Yeah, they right, were right, right under our hotel room this last time, so my, my husband and I just sat and like watched them for a really long time. It was really, really impressive, actually. Uh, it under, was so cool. Yeah, under the guise of it being a lightsaber Star Wars thing, it's actually a mixed martial art yeah, that brings super together... Yeah, they're trained. That they practice... Uh, our friend Kay, who's the leader of that organization, actually uh, practices kendo mm-hmm. uh, for several years years uh, and sort of keeps this as a way in his old age to sort of keep in practice. <laughs> uh, but there are a lot of very committed guys and you know you have German longsword, rapier style, mm-hmm. uh, uh, kendo style, all these different types of melee styles uh, represented people that are actually trained in those styles fighting against each other. Mm-hmm. So you know you have a guy with like two lightsabers doing sort of an escrima type style combat versus a guy who's straight up kendo with, with the one lightsaber and you get to actually see what a com- what combat would be with between those two different uh, mm-hmm. disparate martial arts? So it's it's basically a, a sword MMA under the guise of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's very entertaining to That's watch. Awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, and they use it, and, and their hope is that you see it, like it, think it's cool, and want to join. Yeah, yeah. This so. is part of a recruitment thing for them because they want to they want to grow. It's apparently very large in the Midwest, mm-hmm. and they're they're trying to really grow it out here in the West Coast. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know there's a big group of them that do that at Comic Con actually. Yeah. like one of the the. the um, balconies at Comic Con, you walk out there by accident, and there's like this battle happening, and you're like, oh. Well, you know, the thing that we really want to, the, 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 for people that are interested in watching that, is like, if you're expecting to see sort of the acrobatic Star Wars people flipping around and doing all kinds that's, that's not, not what people. this is. This is not, this is actual, legitimate 
sort of like uh, I, I touch you with the sword. It's a point. Mm-hmm. It's like a fencing match. Yeah. Uh, it, it's actually a little bit more clinical than the the the, uh, the sort of for show type of uh, yeah, type oh, of fighting. Definitely. But it it's still very. Which actually makes it more interesting. I think. I mean, I think so too. Yeah. Because it's not CGI. Well, that and it's also <laughs> well. There's that. It's a, no it's wires. An sport. Yeah. No stuntmen. Yeah, they're wearing actual armor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do like eighty takes until it looks absolutely perfect. Yeah. And you know, and also the guys that are sitting there playing D and D, going, "I know what how a naginata works." <laughs> I play D and D. No, here you really want to know how a naginata works. Here's a guy yeah. that's actually wielding something like a naginata, and you can ask him, "How does that work?" Yeah, and find out. You know. Uh, so there's a lot of cross-platform stuff. Yeah. Cloak72 in the chat room mentioned a lightsaber Tetsubo. Are there, are there any of those? Uh, <laughs> that would be a heavy Aww. lightsaber. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm certain. Amazing. Well, the, I, uh, there is a guy there who uses a... like a Because a, most of them can be used one-handed. Um, but there's a couple that are so long and large that they are too... Pike form is actually very very that's, yeah, popular, that's true too. Yeah. which is a, a very long shaft with uh, a lightsaber tip at the end. So it, it works a lot like uh, like a spear or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, I mean, and not only that, but they also bring out vendors that actually make these custom lightsabers. Yeah. And they are freaking amazing. They're so they fucking cool. They like, some of them are like laser etched with all yeah. kinds of stuff on them. They're just amazing. And they have little bits in there that do the, the, the sound and the light and all that right. stuff. I wanted, just amazing. I wanted all of them. Yeah, you just, just want to like, buy all of them. Oh, God. One of them actually made the Darksaber from uh, yeah. Rebels. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it looks Oh, yeah. Fantastic. My eight-year-old was all over. He goes, Dad, I want the... Yeah, I know you want that. I know yeah, you want that. Yeah, well... Yeah, you live in a world of I yeah. want here, kid. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really cool, too, because, like, when you look at it, especially, like, as it gets dark, like, the... the, the, the I don't know what they call it, because I don't do sports... But um, I'm just kidding. I do sports, but I don't do fighting sports. Um, the edge of the ring, right? It's yeah. a ring. Yeah, they they do a ring. Um, it's they do it in um, like glow LEDs. Mm-hmm. So you look down, and after it gets dark, so you see the edge of the fight, and then you just see like the glowing lights, lightsabers. Yeah. we always try oh, to schedule so it towards the end cool of the day, day. right? Because well, it just looks far more. It looks they, they, they need demo stuff during the day, you know, so, yeah. so yeah. they can kind of show you because they'll let you try stuff out and show you some of the techniques. But the actual fighting, yeah, it's out at night. It looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, it but it's they, they have an hour. Announcers that are that they basically provide insight into in, into mm. it as they, as you go. So you know it's interesting to listen to and watch, and you get a little bit of an idea of what the martial arts are like because mm. it's basically their members commenting on what other members are doing. So yeah, that's a, that's a really fun little event. Something that you wouldn't expect to see at a gaming convention, mm-hmm. but uh, something that we brought in because you know it's it's sort of like it's 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 nerdy and it's yeah, fun. Because you know what? Why not? Yeah, exactly. We do it how we feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do and, what we want. And so if you have cool <laughs> stuff like that. Or just a, an idea for anything? Let us know. Yeah. Absolutely. Because like, we, as a general rule, we don't really say no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we had, uh, good to know. Guy, the, the guy actually ended up canceling events. Test that. From, from yeah. Test that. Theory. Bring it on. <laughs> I, I, I had a guy no. this con who his his concept for a game, and I I awarded him prize money to give out was board game debate. So literally, you just you pick the board game you like, and you go up there and you it's a de- tournament debate debate style tournament. And debate why your game is better. <laughs> Forensically debate why your game is better. Yeah. So I mean, he he pulled out from lack of interest, but that's at least a creative idea. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would kind of like to see what that looked like. To be perfectly yeah. honest with you, uh, that was that was total like, eh, what is that? We had a guy that wants to do competitive tournament fiasco. That would be awesome. Oh and my he wants god. To, and he wants to do it. And the thing is, he wants to do it on stage. Oh, he wants god. to get people to actually. Sort of do it for other people's so, perspective. So the winner is the is the the group that 
is most fucked up by the end of the game. We would win that. <laughs> I want that to happen. Well, one of the things that we were discussing is yeah, having some kind of a win. Is actually you just can't start halfway there. Is actually having <laughs> you guys participate in it. Yeah. <laughs> When, oh, when I was talking to this guy, I said, you know what? I think this is something that the Happy Jacks guys might be interested in doing. Because he said, wouldn't it be neat if we could actually film it as an actual play? Would it be fun? And I'm like, well, I think that regular attendees might have an issue with just being filmed and yeah. put on something. But people that do this on a semi-professional basis might enjoy it. Oh, sure. Uh, so nice. So. Absolutely. Semi-professional. <laughs> well, well, it is a garage. Well, no, I'm glad we have the word professional in there at all. Like, It's a very nice garage. Like, yeah, no, yes. that's... <laughs> Super big compliments. Fucking <laughs> 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 professional. Are you kidding Holy me? fuck, man! I'm being nice to everybody except for Caddy, Matt. Aww. I'm sorry. You're great. <laughs> I'm spreading the love okay. to everybody and yeah. picking on him. If you come to Con, Jim will give you a handy. He uh, he so, switched to all caps a while ago. Yeah, he's very he's very involved. All right, so I have a question though. Okay, if you could like not a LARP that already exists, but if you could run a LARP, what would be your like LARP idea? You that doesn't start. already exist? I mean, it could already exist, but like playing something that already exists isn't as fun. I mean, it might already exist, you but mean, like, what would be your idea? As ideal? a LARP or just a concept? Like a concept. Oh, I have no idea. Let me think about it. Okay. I would else. do a Dresden LARP and then drop it. Oh, oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say Shadowrun. Shadowrun oh, is fun that's too. a good one But too. a Dresden LARP, just in the, uh, in the, the scene where uh, he fucks up the red court, you know, in the, in the, that burns down the building. Uh, the costume party. Uh, costume party. Yeah. Uh, just do a LARP based around Michael that story. Him, yeah. Yeah. Just and have like the the GMs actually be the named characters, just sort of moving the plot along. And everybody else. Grave peril. Grave peril. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that would be a great. Reading them all right now. I yeah. think that'd be a great LARP. That's, that's what I would run. A drop of a hat. That's, yeah, that's like the that. LARP I would consider running. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the cool thing about these games is you could do anything. Anything. Yeah. Right. I have no idea. No, you don't. I don't know. No. I, I really just I, I'm fixated on an L5R LARP. That, yeah, because that would be a lot of fun, like a court game. Yeah, a you do winter court. Oh you know, there was there was one time, I don't. It was years ago, long, long time ago. This guy did a. It wasn't necessarily a LARP per se, but it was more like a. Well, it was kind of like a tactical LARP. I mean, it was it was all court, but everybody in there was like the ruler of a kingdom somewhere, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Or you know, like I, I had a kingdom. Uh, one of the other players was basically my my main advisor. And there was like another player who was in charge of one of my client states, and everybody had their own goals, things they were trying to do. And so it was a lot like birthright. It yeah. was very similar, but it was very streamlined. It wasn't mm-hmm. quite as, I guess, dense as birthright was. Mm-hmm. It was, but it was it had the same kind of feel. Interesting. Tappy, when you were talking about uh, uh, the the costume party in uh, mm-hmm. Grave Peril, Tappy's like, "Isn't that like doing a LARP of the Red Wedding?" Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I know. <laughs> And wouldn't that be fun too? It's a lot of blood. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right. So that one will be outside on one of our patios. We can hose off when we're done. Right. They have floor drains. Oh, nice with though. the little squibs with the blood yeah. packets. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Make it happen. I right, look. Make a fake dog. Put head my money spinning. where my mouth is. I'll say yes to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the, the the other LARP that I thought would be absolutely fantastic to do is the Champions LARP. <gasps> Be awesome. A superhero. Yeah. Superhero. But do it like Mystery Men. <laughs> nice. That'd be so much fun. Every, yeah. Just you can sign up for it. Come up with your. I want to join your super group. I'm Waffle Man. That you know, those guys. I'm the Waffle Man. Waffle Right. I'm the PMS Avenger. Yes. You got a problem with that? No, 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 no. My 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 online handle comes from that movie. Actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What's your online handle? Herkimer. Herkimer. 
And that started Perfect for Battle Jitney Yeah That started with City of Heroes My friend got me playing The MMORPG City of Heroes Uh huh and I made Herkimer because I could make a tank-looking dude who was essentially the tank in the game who didn't do a lot of... And that's what I did. And that became all of my online handles is, is Herkimer in most things. If Her- I can get it. Awesome. Herkimer Battle Jitney. In, in, in the new Battletech game, my character's name is Herkimer B. Jitney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. It's amazing. Wait, I didn't see mine. Oh, good. I think I would want to do, because I'm obsessed with it right now, like Ooh. in... Uh, what is it? Iron Edda game? The... the, the- that the Norse one? Yeah, I want I want to do an all Valkyrie game. Ooh, that'd be nice. Like an all Valkyrie LARP, oh, and really, awesome. I just want me and Samantha and Aubrey to like have like the most fucking and Gina. Like all of us have like fucking badass Valkyrie gear. Right. I have to admit that like most of my interest in LARPing is costumes, like which I think is a legitimate okay. It, I, I, totally, it's, it's part it's, of the hobby. It's yeah. At least half. It's yeah. at least half. Well, I got to tell you, when I went to Gen Con, there was a huge L five R LARP there. There was yeah. probably fifty or sixty people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you just see these the sea. It's like. All of the blue crane people are over Aww. here, and there's crab are here, and then I mean it, they didn't. Not all the clans were represented. There was like, I saw red, so there were scorpion. Well, I'm maybe phoenix. Oh yeah, maybe oh, phoenix. Because honestly, if you if, if you They're can, ready remember, if if you can pick the scorpion out of the crowd, that's a shitty scorpion. What well, mask? Mask. <laughs> did you see a mask, or did you? I'm see trying red? to remember if I saw a mask. There we go. I don't remember. I See, don't remember. See, between Samantha and Adam and I, like we've got enough costumers, we can make like a badass L five R LARP. Actually, <laughs> such you know what? A rogue costume. trader forty K <gasps> LARP would be fun. Oh yeah. With boots. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when you're talking costuming, the boots are very important. So female friendly snake Pliskin boots. That's what yeah. we're talking 100%. about. Right. That is the top of the mountain for you, is it? That is everything. All right. You know like, what? You hear it here for people. Make it happen. Yeah. Amazon.com. Yes. Right. What size are you? Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, D and D dogma from Steffi in Scotland. All right, all right. My lovely drunk darlings, drink every time you hear umbrage. Oh dear. Okay, I'm done doing my Scottish accent. Yeah, please. You know, it, uh, I mean, great. Very similar to my Australian accent, where I basically just yell. Yeah. <laughs> but I trill my R's. You do. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of, it works. Though. And sounds like every Scot and Aussie I know. They just yell. <laughs> right. You recently had a letter. No. Um, I must take umbrage over. Umbrage, I say. Without Googling the word to check it me- check it means what oh, I think umbridge, it means. Sorry. I so actually you used the word umbrage yesterday. Did you? I did. Legitimately. Dolores? No. No. No, no. no in its proper context. It wants yeah. to show off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> English <laughs> is my second language, so I know a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> the letter discussed mixing up D&D gods... Creating conflict between the followers slash religion religious organizations, and some uncertainty over whether the gods exist and what they actually and, and what they actually want. All that is fine. Where I take umbrage is that Wait. a god. You're not following the directions. Well, oh, One of us is keeping it in spirit. I can do the things. All right. Don't. Don't. Don't fall out. Okay. Um. Where I take umbrage is that a god may be a demon, fey, etc., and the clerics find out in play. You see, a cleric, quote-unquote, of a demon or fey is called a warlock. They are a different Mm. class that is all about the toxic relationship with a more powerful being. You can play a warlock who thinks he's a cleric. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've played one who thought she was a bard and honestly believed the pact she made 
uh, was becoming engaged with a with bro Seder. Like he like lifts man, but he's the asshole who does curls in the squat rack. He's an asshole. He did put his weights back. He's a yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Doesn't wipe anything. Doesn't wipe anything down. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Sweat like sweats so, like a pissed on spudge. Yeah, and then doesn't put the forty fives away. Hate those people. Sorry, never mind. You have forty fives. Yeah, dude, look at the guns, man. How else am she I gonna <laughs> deadlift three hundred and twenty pounds? <laughs> no, oh, oh, oh. no, forty five pound plates, like forty five. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's not the gym. No, you're so cute. I think like John, like a John Woo exercise or something. <laughs> Probably at some gym somewhere. Right. Well, forty fives are heavy. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, clerics can have a uh, clerics can have a, a toxic relationship with their gods too. Yes. Or not, but interaction with their gods can be vague and mysterious, or what they meet every Tuesday for book club. But the player, the player decided their class for a reason. It's not going to go over well if you tell the rogue that she is really a barbarian. Player, some rogues are barbarians. Yeah. Um, most. Because they take other people's things. Like and barbarians do that as well. Uh, player like choice Conan. matters, and class is kind of a big one. That ends my rant of umbrage. Steffi from Scotland, Bumble True on Twitter, PS Drink. Woohoo! I have to drive very far after this, so I have that. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, PPS, we have Zima. Tappy brought it. What? The refrigerator is so a third full of Zima. Is this Zima? some kind of a sick joke, Matt? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Matt. He had to drive a ways to find it. <laughs> that's awesome. If you have it, I'll crack so a major. bottle open. You guys can take a sip. Yeah, that's and, it's cool. Happened. I'll drink it. Because it's, <laughs> it's terrible. I've had it before. It's vile. I know. I've had it before. <laughs> it's probably been a very long time. Did you break one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm heartbroken. Can I get from me to right? you? Make room in the fridge. Oh, they twist off. <laughs> of course they do. It's Zima. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not used to beer that twists off. <laughs> I'm surprised it's just not foil you poke your finger through. <laughs> Does anybody else remember Bartles and James? Of course. Of course. I okay. love Bartles and James. And remember California Cooler? Yes, oh, I do. Oh, yeah, I do. That's what you get to drink in high school. That's what. That's mm. That's how you get chicks that, drunk in high school, yeah. <laughs> that and that's, how, that's how I got drunk in high school. <laughs> That the, the first time I had an underage drink was a California cooler. You're a dick, Matt, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? Mm. It's not even like... I'll, I'll here. No, 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 no. This reminds me of a story. We're at the Uh-oh. King's Head Pub for my 25th birthday, I think it was? Whatever. I believe that's when Matt got the ginger beer. Oh, no, that was that was Keith. That was it Keith? Oh, okay. But he passed this ginger beer, and it's legitimate ginger beer. And if you've ever had like actual, true, legitimate ginger beer, that stuff is, is caustic. Powerful. Yeah, powerful. Yeah, you can clean inches with it. Yeah, and, and so he kept. It was one of those. Oh my god! Here, try this. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> this is terrible. You need to have some too. <laughs> some people smart enough say no. Yeah. I, I hope we didn't pl- pay much for it. <laughs> uh, probably did. Actually, we were at a bar selling ginger beer. I'd- no, no, I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Zima? This crap. I don't even I don't even know how they still make this stuff. This dude, nostalgia will sell anything. That's yeah. true. I, I wish there was a bottling date on here, because this thing this may actually be from the eighties. Yeah, it's yeah. like I feel like I'm p- drinking a Pepsi clear. That would explain the taste. <laughs> oh my. Well here you go. Questions call one eight hundred eight four two. You could probably ask them. There's probably a number on here that tells you it something. It looks like there's a date on the other side of it. Is that stamped on in the back? 
on the. It's like printed. This one right here. Yeah. Oh, right there. No. No, it's oh. a it's a lot number, but they can probably trace it based off That's that. True. Assuming the eight number is still connected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So we probably should talk about the email. Okay. Yeah, yeah definitely yes. instead of the. No, email. We, can make, we can make this into a war. So is that <laughs> <laughs> now? Here, my my question with the the taking of the umbrage on this. Mm-hmm. If it if it's not affecting the character's powers, does it matter? I, I don't know. Is that their point though? That it would affect their powers? That like, I don't know. I, I guess that's. My, I, I don't know if I agree with that because if a demon wanted you to think you are a cleric, would they only give you the powers that a warlock has? It seems like if they're bestowing powers on you, and I get that sort of fuddling with like the D and D kind of rules. Right. So I don't. I don't know the best way. I to think kind the of difference is that. semantic. Because uh, really, it's just basis of the type of contract that you have with whatever greater power you're drawing power from. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so you know, the, there. I, I think that it's very that that the line could be very blurred between a warlock and a cleric that follows the same dark deity or demon, what have you. It's just that they would be granted a different set of powers depending on what type of organization. Or, yeah, well, because the email or actual contract he has with the you, yeah, because the, the email states that a demon would have a toxic you you would have a toxic relationship with the demon. Not necessarily if you're both jerks to everybody else, but not each other. You'd probably be all right. Sure, right. So I, I mean, think that kind of matters. You, you can go one way or the other with it. I, I think I, I think the the point is is the. When you learn your god's not what you think it is and it pulls the rug out from under your character, that's kind of a dick move. I think is what the anger comes from, maybe. Well, if you look at what the foundation for a cleric's power is faith, correct? Mm-hmm. If, and So if you create a situation where there is a crisis of faith, thus the identity of their god being different than what they thought... That faith would faith would be cha- shaken, and therefore they would have difficulty Maybe. accessing I those mean, powers. But I, That's just the way that I, I think, would interpret it. As a I GM. think it's okay to play with that, with the answer to the question on where their powers come from. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just a different kind of mage that's doing a kind of a kind of magic. Oh, yeah, that, you're mm-hmm. going into I the mean, metaphysics of it exactly. And, and and I mean most, but that could be an arc all in of itself too. Absolutely, make, and make I, a game out of that. And I don't, and I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with, as long as you're not pulling the, the mechanical rug out from underneath the player, saying, "Oh, you can't be this kind of character anymore because this was revealed to you, or you no longer have your powers because your faith is shaken." That, that, that I think that that, yeah. that 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 gets that gets into that thing where the the players make choices for the game under certain assumptions. And well, that, that I agree with. That's but, one of the, uh, what we're talking about whether the GM can, as part of the plot, sort of negate part of the player's agency in the fact that they've created an identity for themselves. Well, yeah, I mean, I think... But do they have, does, that, does that give them purview over the identity of the deity? Well, when you're... It, I think it all depends on the setting and the way you want to do it, because I, I think what the real, the real point here is, is um, if you're going to do something like this in your plot, mm-hmm. you have to make sure that you discuss it with the player. I think that that one of those things where you right, just right. sort of like oh. make that choice arbitrarily yeah. on your own <laughs> and and then just expose the, the player character to it, you're probably going to end up with either either the player's super cool and just rolls with it, which mm-hmm. is probably what I do, uh, or they're going to get kind of upset because they they've crafted this thing. You know, you're sort of negating their creation, and the only real 
act of creativity that you have in in, in a game like D&D and a mm-hmm. lot of these role-playing games is the actual setup of your character, your character's backstory and who and what the character is. Right. Yeah. And if you when 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 as a GM when you start mech- mucking about with the only real agency you have in the game, then that sort of really sort of would take the wind out of a lot wouldn't of players' sails. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be fun to play a, a paladin who is having a crisis of faith? I've yeah. done it, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's super fun. It well, is super fun. I think you could do it in a way that wasn't necessarily pulling the rug out from under them. Like, they could start out as, like, a real, you know, cleric of Bahamut or whoever. But, like, maybe at one point they start hearing a voice and they, you know, okay, roll. Do you know who that is? Maybe they don't. And slowly, let's, and then they get to make that player choice. Are they going to listen to this voice who claims to be from their deity? Oh, they get an extra power if they do. Maybe that like solidifies their faith that maybe this is. And then I think you can introduce it in a way like that, where suddenly they find out, you know, however long later that oh, these extra powers and stuff are not coming from the god. You know, things like that. I think it's a, a way you can do that and not oh, yeah. take away player agency. Exactly. You just sort of micro-introduce it and mm-hmm. like little layers and players start accepting it and then they just formulate it into their own character and mm-hmm. then once it's already part of their character and then it's revealed, you're like, going, oh, oh my, but mm-hmm. I still got all this stuff, so it's okay. Well, yeah, and you made that choice. Like, and you like, made that choice. Yeah, yeah, it was like you could have been like, oh no, I'm going to a temple to make sure, but no, you did or whatever. You know, did. There, there are fantasy settings where the gods are the gods and they respond with magical powers but never mm-hmm. really speak to anybody. Right. There, are, there are ones where the gods actually are very active in the way that in, in the day life of the people on in the world, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different levels uh, of of investment that you have in the the, char- the god as a character mm-hmm. within your setting. So you know if, if you're dealing with one of those situations where the gods are kind of aloof, I find it, it would probably be a lot easier to pull something like that off. Yeah, because the gods and the, sor- the the gods and the sources of their power are basically a mystery to begin with. Right, and actually discovering what the, the truth is behind that mystery or pulling the curtain be, uh, be, that the the wizard is nothing but a, a, a an old man talking into a microphone. Exactly. That's also kind of fun too, you yeah. know. Uh, or, or maybe even still that that all of your holy powers aren't actually derived from anybody else. It is just a different expression of yeah. the manipulation of magic around you. Right. And also, you know that it, it's basically just a uh, faith is just a focus of will, and will is the actual yeah. force that powers the magic. Yeah. And, but I'd, I'd love to actually play in a story arc where you actually discover what the source of clerical magic is in some way, shape, or form, and you have to decide whether you're going to tell everybody about it and make them lose the, their faith in this fundamental uh, m- social mooring that keeps everybody going. Oh, sure. Or yeah. do you just keep it to yourself and go, things are working fine, I'm just going to let this one slide. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> and this, this discussion is kind of a spiral off of like a discussion we've had for a couple podcasts in a row now about, you know, can atheists exist in this society? How can you make that work? You know, how do different levels of faith work? Because a lot of times in D&D, the gods are just given as uh, granted. Like, everybody believes in them because there's magic. Right. But there are lots of ways you can do it, like what you just said, where you might believe it's a magic from a god. Maybe you think it's just your innate and arcane power. Maybe, you know, lots of people can have different takes on that. Right. Um, and it, it adds nuance, and I think it makes games much more interesting. I mean, if, if, if we are, are sitting here having horrible debates about whether it's Laurel or Yanni... <laughs> right. Then you can have all kinds of you know, blue dress about? or white dress. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. 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 I know what you're talking totally about. Totally Yanni. Yeah. Come on. Except it was on Dictionary.com for the word Laurel. <laughs> <laughs> so even it's if you're right. hearing Yanni, it's Laurel. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Uh, that <laughs> you have to look at the intent of the person who's saying the word. 
It's just terrible recording. Yeah, no, that's what it is. And people are saying it's like depends on what uh, speaker you're hearing it from. Lots of people are like on their better speakers are hearing Laurel. I've tried it on three. I hear Laurel every time. Oh, yeah. No, I've heard Yanni on everyone because I've looked. But back on the point. Sorry. (laughs) I think think that if you have a universal mechanic for uh, some type of ability that's granted by a higher power... The, the the mechanic itself could just be universal, and the 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 actual uh, narrative idea of where the the actual source of that power is is fluid, and you can play with that. Sure. Um, but when you have when you have things where things are very definitely bard spells, very definitely wizard spells, very definitely cleric spells, it becomes different unless it's like a domain power or something like that mm-hmm. for you to be able to go. Well, you can cast these wizard spells too, mm-hmm. and you know. People are automatically think that there's something fishy, and then you're actually fiddling with the fundamental nature of the balance of the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. If yeah. you're giving clerics wizard abilities or, and vice versa. Or making bards useful? Weird. Or Bards are useful. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Go on a road trip and don't listen to any music, asshole. Say what you like. <laughs> yeah, if there's a stack of them, a stack of dead bards, they make great cover. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like the guy just kept making bards until they all died. No, no, no. He made his his employees employees make, make bard characters. Oh that was man, better. Uh, and for the record, if I can replace your character with a CD, your character blows. <laughs> CDs don't exist yet, and you're on a wagon. Whatever. You can have magic. I can have a. I can have a, an iPod. Oh, magic iPod. I'm now, sure they does that does that come from a divine grace, or is it actually a manifestation <laughs> of your own will? Well, depends on really. Steve your Jobs thought he was God. Probably, he probably is right now. <laughs> Sorry, Steve, don't hurt me. <laughs> but your company sucks now. Oh man, I need to add him into demigods. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Put him in deities and demigods. Yes. I should just do a write up and put it on the website. Yes, you awesome. should. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, language and games. The language and games. Thank you, Steffi, for the email. You're awesome. Thank you, and thank you for sending us a drinking game. We always appreciate those. You know what? I. I I expect an email where we missed whatever point she was trying to make. <laughs> horribly. horribly. I, I bet that happens. <laughs> no, I mean, I think I think she made great points, and or they made great points, and I, but I there are good points. Agree. But, but all these things are debat- are debatable, yeah. uh, and, and it all depends on you know the point of view that you're looking at them and what your end goal is in your story. Yeah, uh, you know, if if you have a grand idea of building a story around uncovering the the true power of faith, or or awakening dead gods or or just putting them to sleep by saying you don't really exist. What if that's your point, go for it, man, and you can manipulate these things to make that happen. But if you're just trying to mess with somebody's character because you don't like it, yeah, that's that cool. turns into a problem. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Find a new GM. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we found out that the Zima was made this year. Yes, it's 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 clearly well, in front it of us. It expires September 24th of 18. Oh. Well, that's that's the true. Date. Zima <laughs> could be the Twinkie of booze. <laughs> Maybe it's from the eighties. Who knows? <laughs> nice. So I think about, so Matt, you're at least nice enough to give us something that's not going to kill us yet. It's just yet. terrible. Yet. A very clear diabetic piss is basically what I. Yeah. It, the, these <laughs> bottles could be thirty years old. Yeah, Indeed. that's a valid. It point. just means that we have to drink them all in the next few months. We do. Huh? <laughs> we? Who's this we? Yeah. Hey, you guys said you wanted to come back, so now it's a thing. <laughs> oh, now it's a thing. We're going to hit some bottles. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, if I came back more often, I would drink Zima. I would like to be part of this. <laughs> I can't tell you how I've listened to your podcast and go, God, I'd love to be in the middle of that conversation. <laughs> yeah. I have something to add. Yes. Well, beyond more. Zima is the yeah. price. Zima is the price. <laughs> I'll send you the You I'll know what? You. 
Keith, then every time I come on, I'll have two, right? Okay. <laughs> two. Okay. Two. okay. Two. All, right. Two. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Language in games. Dear jovial jackholes. <laughs> On the subject of language in games, I'll share with you my story from my Traveler campaign. New Traveler. It may be a bit long, but 90% of your show is emails, and the other 10% is complaints about the length of emails. So either way, you're welcome. Thank you. I like this guy. Yeah, me too. This is my favorite person. In session one, I know the crew is going to need to purchase a starship, so I prepped a few used ones for them to choose from by rolling on the mongoose tables covering age versus flaws and quirks. One of the three floating in the shipyard they chose uh, uh, one, uh, of the three floating in the shipyard they chose a hundred year old free trader with flawed sensors. Mm. Between sessions one uh, between sessions, I wrote a backstory for the ship they chose, detailing its use as a colony jumpstart ship by supplying otherwise illegal anagathic. thank you, that's a good word. Uh, anti-aging drugs, the Imperium had given the crew of old folks an extra 30 years of life on a remote planet in exchange for their service in building the infrastructure for a later and much larger, oh my god, this is a long email. Dang. Colony, colony ship. This is why you should you should always turn the page and check before you yeah. pick that one. Do you want to do it in shifts? Um, <laughs> we have to do it in shifts. Oh my shifts. god, yeah, it's the only one. So I'll finish <laughs> this and then I'll pass it off. When I hit you, start reading, Jim. <laughs> All right. All right. Larger colony ship. After the ship was mothballed, it was purchased by the Aslan, a race of cat people, and used for unknown purposes, before being sold off to the shipyard where the players found, uh, found it for sale. In truth, I picked Aslan slowly. Am I saying that right? Aslan? Aslan. Yeah. yeah. Slowly that's for the, 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 the cat people. people. Yeah, from, yeah, yeah. From uh, for the amusement of having a ship who, uh, whose cleaned robots had failed, or who, whose cleaning robots had failed due to excessive ingestion of cat fur. <laughs> well, I imagine that every every corner That's there's a scratch post. Amazing. Yeah. The HMS litter box. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yes. During oh, yeah. oh my god, during character generation, I had house ruled having the players pick a minor advantage and disadvantage from the GURPS rules. So when one player picked allergy, oh, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> the die was cast. See, see, that's a bigger dick move than the the religion thing about pull around on your character. Amazing! Oh my god, but funny. Yeah. Cheers. Oh fuck! As someone who lives with like terrible allergies, especially to cats, this is amazing. You take allergies, you get cat fur. That's basically my duty as the GM. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it, oh, I don't have my mic on. No. Shit. Yeah, I mean, like... A disadvantage that is not a disadvantage is not, not a disadvantage. disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> we need shirts that say that. Yeah. <laughs> and just my friend Mitch, never take Dark Secret when he's running a game. It's no. a bad idea. Bullshit. Take Dark Secret because it makes for killer sessions, just yeah. not for you. Yeah. <laughs> It really, it, yeah, that's a that's a heavy thing to take, man. You're at the bottom of the stack at that orgy. <laughs> <laughs> take the bullets. Everybody has a good game. Just suck it up. Yeah, yes. do it. Several sessions later, the engineer decides to try and fix the flawed sensors, but rolled snake eyes. So, <laughs> with the ship's backstory in mind, this failure causes the sensors to suddenly switch to Aslan and look completely different. There was clearly more vis- detail visible, but no one on board could understand it. They then figured out how to switch the language back and forth, but were otherwise stumped. Go. Another few sessions went by, and a friend of mine asked to join the game. I offered as an op- uh, as an option an NPC who had just joined the ship, or he could generate a completely new character, and we would figure out 
uh, where he could join the crew. Uh, the player decided that the NPC sounded interesting, so we did random character generation with the NPC in mind as an objective. Uh, at this point, all I knew ab- about the NPC was that he was an expert in ancient languages, and his university sent him to investigate the writing on an artifact the crew had found. Of course, the artifact had since been stolen, but the crew assured the professor that they could <laughs> track it down again for, for a fee. So the, <laughs> linguist bo- <laughs> the linguist boarded as the NPC passenger, but would become a PC two sessions later. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh, my friend went through random character generation and came up with a character he thought would work. Uh, I agreed that he, and was uh, secretly amused that the language he had chosen for his area of study was Aslan. Nice. <laughs> Since the uh, player had no knowledge of the ship's history. Perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> the player joined the game and the professor offered to help with the sensors. Unfortunately for them, he didn't have the sensor's skill, but the engineer uh, welded together a d- uh, double chair so he and the professor could cooperate. Nice. Together they slowly discovered that the, session, that the sensors weren't flawed it was just that they had been replaced by uh, by the Aslan with military grade sensors, which didn't work well with the default civilian software. Okay. Meanwhile, in the real in, in real life, uh, I am friends with a with an actual scholar of ancient languages. So I asked him to help me understand how languages vary and how we could build an interesting story around it. Holy nice. shit! That's amazing. That, that is, is amazing. Great. He explained to me that translations are not one to one. A word may work in eighty percent of cases, but you can't rely on word for word translations in every case. Think about the word green and how it translates to a matching color in any dual language dictionary. But how would that fail when your spies report the enemy discussing green troops? Even among humans, the language affects the way we see and process color. The Himba tribe of Nambia has only five words for colors, and they have trouble distinguishing between blue and green, but they easily distinguish between subtle shades of green, which most of us cannot. I encourage you to watch the fascinating BBC documentary called Do You See What I See? for more detail. Imagine how much more variable words could be in the mind of an alien or an orc. Oh, holy shit. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Specifically, the most variable words, at least in, among earthly languages, are prepositions. My expert friend explained that in Hebrew, he could say that the chair is from my back, and to Germans, the clouds are on the sky. These are subtle differences that can lead to major misunderstandings. Also, context is very important, and it is not always clear that a subtext even exists without being a native speaker. Knowing yeah. every word in a passage is not sufficient particularly when the speaker is being coy or subtle. Uh, what's meant as a joke or a play on words could have deadly consequences if inter- interpreted literally. So I had a student ask me a question the other day, because I'm a teacher, um, and he's, he's just learning English. It's his first year in the country. And he asked me, he's like, why do you get on the bus and in a car? And I was like, that's a brilliant question. I have no idea. Oh, yeah. I Did work- you stand up on a bus? Is you that stand why? Up, you stand on things. So you're in, you that's sit why in you're things. Oh, except chairs. You sit in you sit on Right, things. right. <laughs> what bus have you been on doesn't have a chair? I mean, you can stand on the bus, but you can also sit in the bus. Yeah. You can get in the bus, or you can get on the bus. Hmm. But it, it's and you can get on the car, but you go flying off because physics wins. Yeah, and you get on the plane. I think the assumption is that when you get onto uh, onto a vehicle that's being otherwise piloted by somebody else, you board or get you get on, on an airplane. Uh, but when you uh, when you get into a vehicle that you plan or are capable of uh, piloting yourself, you get in. But you get on a motorcycle. Yeah, that's okay. That but you work. ride on a motorcycle. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but you don't get in a motorcycle. Yeah, you but can't, you're not no. in you the motorcycle. In, that's true. No. That makes sense. Yeah, but you're not in house, so no. you can't yeah. be in the motorcycle. 
Mm. I don't know about a helicopter. What's a hel- what did you write? You get in a, in a helicopter. Okay. You get in a helicopter. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of fascinating. But it, this is a really that interesting is, discussion. That, I had not thought about the preposition thing. That yeah, is, that is fascinating. All right. Actually, so so what does this mean for our start? We'll get back to that. In yeah. a minute. So, so, but getting on oh. top of a bus, then like, like oh, you're, you're going to get <laughs> on the bus. <laughs> yeah, meaning you're going to stand on top of it. You'd have to be more specific because you say I'm going to get on the bus. Yeah. That means inside, yeah. right? Well, that, mm. that also goes back to the online inline thing, right? That's a whole other thing. That's that's regional, though. It, it is. Well, yeah, because but that's the, that's the whole thing about language, though. right? Because context, contextually, it's very different. And I can tell you straight up from uh, knowing Castellano Spanish from Chile, mm-hmm. the the context cues versus, uh, let's say, somebody from Colombia or Mexico are radically different, this, and the slang is a little different. But uh, yeah. when but when you're trying to allude to cultural touchstones, it becomes very difficult. And language does that far more than people really realize. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it, it's imperceptible at that point. Uh, so what does this mean for our Starship crew? Literally years of enjoyment as I feed, fed them extremely detailed center data through the cultural and linguistic filter of a race of cat people. Through this filter, we got to explore how the Aslan see the universe. For example... Oh my god, this is awesome! Yeah, this is amazing. (laughs) Since they are predators, their sensors show everything as either prey or larger predators. (laughs) Brilliant, sir, brilliant. Uh, I play all my games online, so I fed information to the players such as... There is a huge dog in orbit, but it seems to be limping and has a missing tooth. And the ship leaving dock looks like a delicious morsel. And the player interprets that and passes along to the crew in character. Anytime I wanted to make things difficult, I could misapply a preposition describing something as uh, through rather than behind or with instead of near. But overall, they got a wealth of information from software that had no other human civilization would ever see. Uh, civilian would ever see. Uh, still, they still haven't figured out that this software is worth more to the Imperium than their entire ship. Right. <laughs> oh my god, it's just like Cowboy uh, Bebop. Oh yeah, the dog. The dog. The, this highlights one feature of Traveler among game systems, which is near complete lack of D and D style character advancement. There is no leveling up, and skill points are added extremely slowly, if at all, depending on version. But that doesn't make for a boring or static story. The characters still increase their uh, power and ability to influence more significant aspects of the world, but they do it through gained knowledge, the development of influential contacts and upgrades to their equipment and to their ship. Yeah, I was going to say, and better guns. Yeah, yeah. Because well, that's character advancement, travel. <laughs> Uh, and sometimes by hiring a linguist to interpret the dander-covered, flawed sensor display on their discount starship. That's <laughs> true. Keep up the good work. Hoyle, Jaden on the forums, PS, and beer. PPS, dick joke. <laughs> All right, I really like this guy. Yeah. Uh, before I forget, I, I have one funny traveler thing. Who here watches The Magicians on Sci-Fi? Yeah. I haven't. Okay. I did for a while. Okay, did you did you catch in season one the yeah. traveler joke, the blatant traveler joke? If you know the game at all, I didn't see. Yeah. At one point in time, there's there's the the non magic people who are still magics outside of the the school, and they're getting together. And they have a, a board where they discuss this stuff, and their board is called Free Trader. And the main character at, at, in the scene, his name was Beowulf. Oh yeah. And so my wife is watching this. I'm not paying attention. Except at the end of the show, it's not my thing. And I'm typing away on my laptop doing some work, and I hear Free Trader Beowulf. Fall off the couch laughing. I go. That most people aren't going to get that. No, no. no. Wow, that makes awesome. me happy that's, that I that's did. That's a deep cut, man. You gotta, uh, yeah, you got to look. You got to get the boxed edition and read the yes. little blurb. On yeah, the, on the that's cover. that's deep but hilarious. And and, and that's a great. That's that's. I, I work for a company that uh, is a Japanese company, so we get horribly translated 
uh, tech stuff. It's a tech company. You know, mm-hmm. we work on machinery and stuff. And so I understand the prepositions, sentence structure. One of the jokes is if you read a sentence translated from Japanese, it makes no sense. Read it backwards, and boom, you've got it. <laughs> and uh, that's a fantastic way to, I don't know, I guess to to just address that. We, we used to have a, a, a Boggard's Wives, uh, Poxy Boggard's Merry Wives forum, and Tappy and I both made um, character or, or, or sock puppets, and we would take, we would write out whatever we were going to say. <laughs> Put it into Google Translate, translate it into another language, and then translate it back to English, and then yeah. post that as our as our posts. Yeah, it was awesome. We were thinking I, for a while at the convention to do Q and A videos as sock puppets. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> even funny. funnier, I've done machine repair that same way in foreign countries, <laughs> where I've been standing there with the guy who doesn't speak my language, and we've been communicating exclusively about technical stuff over Google Translate. Right. Yeah. I have students I've done that with, and oh, parents. That's, that's <laughs> hilarious. That's like telling a Vietnamese guy that, you know, uh, contact the supplier for a warranty. Mm-hmm. And he just looks at you weird and go, I don't know. <laughs> What's a warranty? All right. Awesome. Well, th- thank you for the email. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's okay. a great email. It, it but really, and it brings up, we, 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 a lot of people were kind yeah. of poo-pooing the whole thing about, no, don't get... Having all this language stuff is going to get boring and it's going to be frustrating. Yeah. And th- what a brilliant thing to do! Exactly, with. Yeah. And, and that's actually a, a common thing in sci-fi is that they find some kind of MacGuffin or way for for people to just simply communicate. A universal translator. I've always hated that. And I've you know, and that. I find that the more interesting uh, science fiction settings, and one of the primary reasons why I didn't like Jar Jar Binks is like, why didn't the Gungans have their own language? Everybody else has their own language. Yeah. Right. Why do they just speak English with an accent? Same as right. the Nemodians. Yeah. It seemed kind of racist to me all the way around anyway. Oh, sure. well, yeah. But well, that's I think that I would have accepted those characters a lot more and, and, and fallen into more of suspension of disbelief is they actually bothered to give them their own language like they gave everybody else in the original yeah. trilogy. Or, or even, even just the parts where he, they were down in the Gungan City if they had their own language. Exactly. Jar Jar was an outcast. Him knowing shitty English, admittedly, made sense. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. I don't know. That'd be kind of a cool idea. But you could these a lot of things. A lot of things that you would think would be bars to 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 uh, telling a story could be easily be manipulated into being something that actually just makes the story even better. Mm-hmm. Uh, presenting your characters with new and unique challenges that aren't necessarily combat challenges or political challenges mm-hmm. or something like that, but just straight up, how the hell do we use our equipment that we can't understand and trying to find a solution and then making it interesting when they do. Wow, man! Just just reading that just was, made me happy. Oh yeah, it was just fun. It was a great idea, and the fact well, that you, you had easy access to, to a linguist was helpful. Too. Well, right. that yeah, that helps a lot too. So everybody out there, make your MacGuffin in a foreign language and and give them crappy translations of it. Yeah, so yeah. much fun. You you <laughs> cannot roll your way out of this. Think as a group. Think as yes. a group. Right. Figure out. Find Make a it a homework Come assignment. If you're this. if you're if your RPG isn't a homework assignment, you're not doing it right. Yeah. If I can teach kids math when they don't speak English, you can get through it in a game, I promise. It'll be fine. Well, a test of a good session is the same as a test of a good movie. How long do you think about it after you're done? Yeah, exactly. You know, I, the, the way that I measure how much I liked a movie is like, how much of my processing time after I've watched do I actually I mean, still... If I'm thinking about something else five minutes after walking out of the theater, that mm-hmm. movie was forgettable. Yeah. But if I'm still thinking about, about elements of that movie like a week later, I go, wow, that was a really good movie. Totally. I liked it. 
Yeah. So, and same thing with a role playing game. If it, if you're so engaged that you're constantly, or you're retelling the story, you're constantly thinking about what you could have done different. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, man, that that that's an experience that's going to last with you, and you've built something that actually has some depth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Excellent. Cool. Well, that's it. All right. Yeah. I think we're done. I think we're done. Awesome. Thank you guys for coming out again. Yeah. Thanks for having us. And uh, people go to strategicon.net if they want information about the con. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. LAX Hilton Hotel starts Friday at noon. noon. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Friday at and noon. we're on Twitter and Facebook. And Instagram. Uh, and Instagram. Yeah. Uh, you know, at Strategicon. And you have a new web page. Uh, the new web page is fantastic. Now that lovely. We, we no longer look like uh, a 90s style web page. <laughs> Web 1.0, baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it's it's new, it's flashy, it's very functional, and uh, gives you a whole bunch of neat information about some fun games you can play here in Southern California. <laughs> and not flashy as in it's using the flash tag, HTML tag. No, no it doesn't use flash. Flash is dead. Yeah, the, the god uh, jobs killed flash. No, I'm talking about the, f- the, I'm talking <laughs> about the flash tag. <laughs> oh, no, no, When you no. could make your text flash on and off. Or, oh. or when you just put flames on everything, actually. <laughs> or like, or the mailbox for the email thing, uh, or yeah. the little guy with the pick for under construction. Under construction, yeah. Under construction. <laughs> oh, or that stupid fucking paperclip. Oh, oh come yeah. on now, Clippy's awesome. Clippy's the shit. Just take yeah. a whiff. <laughs> <laughs> I see Clippy and Skid Row with like a bottle of Thunderbird going. What happened? Where did it all go? It's all rusty. Right the, right Sugary screw top wine, baby. <laughs> all right, Enzima. And Zima. <laughs> I would rather have sugary screw top yeah, I know, wine. Me too. Indeed. I'd rather have some manischewitz. Anything. That's some sugary screw top wine. Yep. Yes, it is. All right. Here we go. All right. Come on. Do Hit the it. thing. Why is it not working? There you go. Woo! Yeah! Thank you for joining us for season 20, episode 20. No, season 21, episode 20 of Happy Jack Jefferson Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Jim. I am Mike. And thank you, and uh, I won't see you, but Kimmy and many other people will see you at uh, StrategicCon next weekend at GameX 2018. Thank you for coming in again. Uh, thank you for having me. And come in, you guys are welcome to come in. Just let me know when you want to come in. I'll, I'll bump people. Yeah, <laughs> and Tappy will want to be here because I want to hear. I want to hear the stories of the actual true true stories, not his. <laughs> you know what? Here's here's something that I'd love to do. I'd love to bring Al and Tappy in here with you and me oh until all those goddamn stories of how oh, we tortured that man. <laughs> all right. It wasn't intentional. Just go down that way. We need Eli like for that because he was way better. Oh yeah. He was all right. Thank you very much. We'll leave you the song. Yeah. Bye guys. Most days before I do, a pops its red head, saying time to get up. The lady complains at its early insistence. She cries from our bed, begging it to let up. Meacock, meacock, oh good lord, meacock is the thing of which I'm most proud. Its goodly intent by midday is spent. Meacock is the thing. Of which I'm most proud While others may say mine is old and unsightly It bears a full burden when packed good and tight Through thick and through thin it is always behind me Though its hair gains a stench if left wet overnight 
Me ass, me ass, oh good lord, me ass is the thing of which I'm most proud. Its purpose is clear, it brings up the rear. Me ass is the thing of which I'm most proud. Well, I have a beauty that no man can equal With eyes black as ravens, your will she could bend Her hair is spun gold and her teeth are quite healthy She comes when I call her, she's this man's best friend Me bitch, me bitch, oh good lord Me bitch is the thing of which I'm most proud She's the muse of this bard and she shits in the yard Me bitch is the thing of which I'm most proud No, my cat is fairer than any you've heard of I have to admit it is not mine alone Though I pet it and stroke it and play with it often I do so and only my lady condones Me pussy, me pussy, me mistress's pussy Is the thing of which I'm most proud Why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make? I can't believe these men may control the fate of the Middle East. You're right. <laughs> How's that for a chopper? <laughs>